We have Liz Peake, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore, Freedom Works and Committee to Unleash Prosperity. His latest book is Gubzilla. Uh, many welcomes to both of you, kids. I, I want to start with this uh, baby formula story, which I've, I've said, I mean, I began this whole show with it. I don't, I'm not sure I understand all of it. Uh, I, <laughs> Abbott, Abbott says that they're not wrong, there's no problem. The FDA and the CDC now are involved. That means heavy regulations, scientific meetings. Oh, my gosh. The Wall Street Journal editorialized this morning that it's, it's, the problem is about free trade. I don't really buy that. But help me out here. Let me start with Liz Peake because this is a national scandal. And, Liz, I don't see a solution here. In other words, I don't see the shelves being restocked anytime soon. Yeah, it- Yes, uh, I think the most troublesome thing is that the companies have said, yes, they're going to start up, you know, they'll reopen their plants, and with a matter of weeks, they'll get formula mm-hmm. back on the shelves. That does not help a mother that has a baby that needs infant formula. So I, I do think it's sort of a scramble mess of uh, unduly burdensome uh, regulations, a very slow-to-respond White House, apparently Elise Stefanik, did warn the White House back in February that there was brewing, and they did nothing to investigate the causes of it. Uh, it, But, you know, the FDA numerous times has been found wanting in terms of its regulatory efficiency and and oversight capabilities. And I think it's going to turn out to be another place. FDA was just just bungled what was happening. The plant shut down. Uh, Apparently, they did a pretty rigorous investigation. There was no uh, contagion found in any of the product and yet that plan is still not up and running. And I think there should have been some mental leap between not enough formula being produced and not enough formula being delivered to stores. Nobody seems to have made that connection. And, Steve, you, you trace this back. This thing surfaced last October, and the FDA was warned about this. There was a whistleblower, and... They did nothing for several months. And now, to Liz's point, I think anybody that's uh, look, I dealt with the FDA. I sat on the uh, uh, coronavirus task force. Uh, unless a president really comes in and hammers them, they will take a long time, a long time hmm. to make any kind of final decision, Steve Moore. And that is the most troublesome aspect of this. Well, it is, and it makes me think of Operation Warp Speed because really what Warp Speed was, and you were there, Larry, was a way around a lot of those FDA hurdles to get a new vaccine mm-hmm. on the market that you guys got done, what, eight to ten months? It would have taken three years in the normal process. And so, uh, look, I think that the two villain agencies over the last couple of years through COVID have been the FDA and the CDC, and they, they've mm-hmm. never really been held accountable for all of the mistakes that they've made. And we give these – agencies billions and billions and billions of dollars as you know there's just one other point you know we have all these quote supply chain shocks to the system right i don't remember supply chain shocks under donald trump (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean why is it all of a sudden you know we can't get baby food on the shelves why is it that my wife and i went out to um you know to uh, shop around for a new car last weekend larry we went to four dealerships in the in the area that we live in and they all said, sure, we can get your car in six months. <laughs> and and right. so what's happening is, you know, you go to these, you, you know, and it's the same thing. My friend said he wanted to get a motorcycle. Same thing. They're just not in stock. 
And I've never, you know, I've been alive 62 years in this country. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Something's <laughs> going terribly wrong here, folks. And to finger point, oh, well, it's Trump, it's the meat packers, it's the oil companies, it's the pharmaceuticals. Maybe Washington is the problem here. Well, no doubt. Look at, I just, the, the Operation Warp Speed with the vaccinations is an interesting uh-huh. uh, parallel here because Trump and Pence, but Trump hammered CDC right. and the FDA. Right. I mean, called them in to the Oval, right, right? and gave right. them hell, okay? And right. at the same time, he hammered the pharmaceutical companies, okay? Right. I mean, hammered and encouraged. So you got something done in six months that would have taken three years, five years, God knows how many years. What I'm worried about here, because I really am worried about the children, as I'm sure everybody is, I'm worried that Biden doesn't act like that, okay? Biden's blaming Biden's blaming Abbott. Was there four right. companies that make baby formulas? He's blaming them for price gouging. It's yeah. like the energy story. It's the <laughs> same thing, Liz. He's blaming them. So I mean, incredible. That's a, that's a part of this story. So now they're price gouging, okay? And they're uh, going to haul no, what? They're going to haul them off? Don't forget about don't forget about the meat packers and the, uh, yes, yeah. and the poultry people. <laughs> right. the, well, the, so if, he, if, if Biden were capable of mounting a warp speed uh, like approach to solving a problem, we would have seen it in gasoline in confronting gasoline prices, right, because that right, right. is the number one thing that is really hurting Americans. It's making headlines every day. Hasn't gotten it better. We don't have that kind of energy in the White House. We don't have that kind of. Uh, feeling of uh, partnership with the private sector. There is nothing to indicate that Joe Biden could mount such an effort uh, or that he has any inclination to doing so. Obviously, that's what's needed here. Instead, we have Democrats on the House Oversight Committee having hearings, and that is really going to (laughs) help. I mean, so there's no no baby food on the shelves, and he's hauling them off to the Federal Trade Commission for antitrust violations. I mean, come on. This you can't make this stuff up. It's absolutely extraordinary. But, Steve, this can go on weeks and weeks of this. And then, of course, you know, the sidebar to this story, and I don't know enough about this. But, you know, apparently these uh, packages of baby formulas have gone to these detention centers by the border where they're having illegal immigrants and their kids. And Americans, you know, whatever happened to America first? I mean, this is another sidebar to the story that is infuriating people. Well, I have to confess, I'm not a, a, an expert on uh, baby infant formula, but I do think that uh, what we're seeing right now is, 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 as Liz just said, a kind of pattern. Every industry where prices rise is, is price gouging. And I was quite disturbed by that speech that, that Biden gave the other day. Really, it was mm-hmm. quite disturbing. There was no sense of, okay, let's meet in the middle. Let's, let's figure out a way to get through this. Let's maybe dump our left-wing progressive ideology for a few minutes and, and get this stuff solved. It was basically what that speech was, other than a lot of finger-pointing and blaming everybody but himself, it was based, a case. He made the case for Build Back Better. And I loved uh, the uh, senator of Louisiana said, you know, it's not built, it's not back, and it's not better. And, uh, you know, that <laughs> senator is Kennedy. John Kennedy, yeah. That was a great And so, uh, you know, and then the other line I always use is, you know, instead of build back better, just leave it the way you found it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's it. But that's an important point. Um, you know, Liz, 
Joe Biden will not shoulder any blame or own any problem. And I thought the inflation speech was very, very disappointing because it showed no change, okay? We are transformational progressives. We are big government socialists, and we're going to continue to spend, and we're going to continue to try to tax rich, successful people, and we're going to just blame Vladimir Putin for the inflation problem. I mean, it was a pretty pathetic speech. Oh, it's horrible. It was a campaign message. But here, Larry, you're always talking about the cavalry is coming. Jeff Bezos today, I don't know if you guys saw this, tweeted, the newly created disinformation board should review this tweet, or maybe they need to form a new non-sequitur board instead. Raising corporate taxes is fine to discuss. Taming inflation is critical. Mushing together is just misdirection. And he's talking about a tweet from Joe Biden saying, you want to bring inflation down? Let's make the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. Mm. I mention this only because it has been the enabling presence and backing of the liberal media and big American corporations that has let this idiocy go forward from the White House. So here's Mm. at least Jeff Bezos, of all people, standing up and saying, oh, wait a minute, no, making America corporate, raising taxes on America's corporations is actually not going to solve our inflation problem. So maybe, maybe people are going to begin to sort of break this liberal wall of solidarity and then and we'll have a little bit of uh, at least debate over issues that have been sort of rolled across the country as sort of de facto truth, not in not disinformation. But, you know, I found that rather encouraging. And by the way, Steve. Jeff Bezos is no Jeff Bezos is no conservative. You know, he's a, he's a I know. Democrat. And for him to say that, really exactly. Thank you. To touch, uh, you know, the the president is, uh, and and I, look, I don't think the public is buying any of this, Larry. You know, we've been mm-hmm. looking at a lot of the opinion polls. People don't. People just want solutions, and and they're turned off by the finger pointing. And they realize, look, one and a half percent inflation under Trump, and a half percent inflation under Biden. Is that a coincidence? Uh, I don't think so. Well, he basically said, and we got to take a break, but he basically said uh, spending is not the problem. We're going to spend more. <laughs> we're going to tax rich uh, people and rich co- uh, corporations, and we're going to continue to regulate energy. That was his message, and that's going to yep. solve inflation. Well, wait a minute. Right. But that's what we've been doing for the last 18 months, <laughs> and then we have an 8% inflation rate. But it's no, exactly. it's not really true. It's all Vladimir Putin's fault. All right, I got to take a break. Uh, you know, this is George Orwell. George Orwell, God, it's just fabulous stuff. We got Liz Peek and Steve Moore. On the other side of the break, I want to talk about Ultra MAGA. Ultra MAGA. I want to be Ultra MAGA. Anyway, we'll be right back. I'm Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Folks, two stars from the fox business show cudlow two stars liz peak fox news contributor syndicated columnist steve moore freedom works committee to unleash prosperity in the book govzilla all right kids joe biden unleashes his latest attack on republicans calling them ultra maga ultra maga now i didn't really know this um but up on fox uh, news site According to the Washington Post, the ultra-MAGA messaging came from a six-month research project from the liberal group Center for American Progress Action Fund and headed by top Biden aide Anita Dunn. And they're saying in battleground areas, more than twice as many voters 
said they would be less likely to vote for someone who calls a MAGA Republican than would be more likely. So, Steve Moore, is this ultra MAGA attack going to work? Um, I doubt it, but uh, it is true that, you know, um, I always say tr- people loved Trump's policies. They often didn't love him. And so trying to link uh, – they tried this, by the way, in the Virginia governor's race, as you know, I was involved in that. Um, it, and uh, and they tried to, you know, say Youngkin was Trump and so on. And, and they're going to try to do that throughout these campaigns coming up um, in November. But ultimately, they still have a record to run on. You know? And and it's just it's just a truism that the longer Biden is in office, the better Trump's presidency looks, you know, in mm-hmm. comparison. So I, I, I think. You know, I, they're, look, they're desperate right now, Larry. They don't have a message. <laughs> they don't have an economy. and they Everything they've touched is in collapse. The, the border, crime is up. The cities are falling apart. You know, oil prices are as high as ever, Afghanistan. And, and so they need to figure out some way to change the subject, and this is that attempt. Yeah, Liz Peake, so yesterday or the day before, expanding on Ultra MAGA, um, Biden used the phrase MAGA king. MAGA King, which I guess refers to. But I, you know, I I regard that as a compliment. Liz Peaker, might you be the MAGA Queen? Is that what this is going? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Look, I I think Steve is totally right. Democrats have nothing. The way they won in 2020 was basically saying that Biden was not Trump. That's what they had. Uh, Mm. You know, any amount of polling shows that Americans really aren't into the whole progressive dogma or progressive agenda that Biden was spouting. After all, that's why they didn't run Bernie Sanders, who otherwise probably would have walked away with a nomination. But Democrats knew that his stuff was too extreme, so they didn't let him become the candidate. Instead, they had Joe Biden, and Joe Biden ran as non-Trump. I, I think that begins to wane. Uh, I, you know, when when people tweet back at me something, well, that's bad, that's happening, but oh my gosh, it was worse under Trump. I kind of say, you know, you got to let go of this. I mean, this, he's no longer president. Uh, yeah, he's sort of out there and, and sort of creating waves with various primary nominations and stuff. But Donald Trump's not president. As, as Steve said, it's really going to be uh, rising and falling on the Biden record. And right now the Biden record is abysmal. So uh, I think they have other issues that are – look, they're going to be in, in swing states. There are many – uh, voters who don't want to have a candidate probably too closely tied to Donald Trump. I think that's a fair statement. But as yep. we saw with Youngkin, there's a way to manage that. You always say, I, I agree with the policies. Perhaps you don't have them come uh, campaign with you. You keep your distance. And my guess is that's the game plan for a lot of people, including people like Dr. Oz. My guess is he so doesn't what, want can I, interject one, can I just interject yeah. one quick thing? You know, when your friends and my friends say this too, well, at least it's, you know, better than under trump but like what what it's better than under trump i mean the economy yeah. isn't better inflation isn't better our security isn't better the gas prices are better so what's better than when the tweets we, when we the tweets trump? are better steve right right, right. <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's it yeah but steve you're pretty maga steve moore you're pretty maga i mean i no, think I you're going to qualify as ultra maga <laughs> and i think that's a good thing it's an honor roll thing it's a badge of honor well, 
Larry, if make if MAGA means cutting taxes, reducing regulation, right, right, running, I'm for it. <laughs> and and that's what the Republicans. That should be their response. That's all. Yeah. Define MAGA in the terms you just did. You know, s- stop spending, cut taxes, deregulate, energy independence, tougher on the border, et cetera, et cetera. Right. In other words, I, I think this is going to backfire. Yeah. On Biden, that's what. And and Trump, by the way, is not on the ballot this November. Exactly. That's just a exactly. technical point that I want to inject in this. <laughs> that's right. Not, not not about. All right, I got one more for you in the last couple minutes here. I'm looking at the New York Post this morning. Um, if I pronounce this right, Karen Jean Pierre, she's the new press secretary, replacing Madame Saki. Um, and the story runs, Karen Jean-Pierre has frequent history of accusing things of being racist. And apparently between 2015 and 2020, she had a staggering 57 instances where she accused people, policies, ideas, or words as being racist. Now, she's going to be the new press secretary. This is a problem. Of all the people out there in the world, they've got to put this gal in you know it's a very visible point she's the spokesperson etc etc and she's coming in with this track record i mean she should go before the misinformation board she shouldn't be the press secretary i mean steve moore what do you make of this why do they have to do this well, let's just say she's no Sarah Huckabee Sanders, right? Right. Uh, who is, That's by the way, right. a, a, a emerging star of the Republican Party right now. That she's going to mm-hmm. win her governorship by 80% or something in Arkansas. Um, I know her a little bit because, uh, remember, I did my penance. I had to spend a year and a half with uh, with CNN, and that's where uh, Jeff mm-hmm. Pizaki and all these all these Biden people were hanging out there until came back into power. And uh, it's not just um, that she uses the racist term all the time, which she did the time on on the cnn but also you know i think much more problematic is she spent many 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 months talking about the 2016 election stolen mm. Mm. we weren't supposed to do that isn't that a you know a, how dare anyone question the validity of our elections i thought that was the left mantra so if it walks like a racist i'm just quoting this is uh this is what she said on MSNBC. Uh, if it walks like a racist, talks like a racist, acts like a racist, it is a racist. And we have a racist president in the White House who really pushes his racism like a peacock, she told a smirking panel on the MSNBC show AM Joy in 2018. Okay, so, but the thing is, Liz, it just occurs to me... Um, this is an inflammatory situation, yeah. right? Jen Psaki, you know, she defended her boss as best she could, and that's what a press secretary does, okay? But I don't think that Saki by herself was inflammatory, all right? You may disagree with her opinions because she's uh, obviously supporting her boss, whereas this gal, and I don't know her, Steve knows her, I guess, She's coming in with an inflammatory presentation, an inflammatory record. And I don't see how she can be a good press secretary under those circumstances. Yes, you're supposed to be the neutral arbiter 
and and sort of transporter of information from the White House mm-hmm. to the press corps. It's going to be very interesting to see what the press corps reaction to that is. But, Larry, look, I mean, we're dancing around this issue. The reason she's there is she's black and she's, I don't know, yes. not, she's not trans. She's something else. I forget what. Maybe she's a lesbian. I really don't know. But, I mean, every <laughs> appointment from this White House has been celebrated for being the first of this, the first of that, checking the boxes. And in some cases, it appears like they haven't really done their due diligence, like this person, Jankowitz, on right. the disinformation thing. It looks like they're sort of, you know, blowback about her, but they didn't even know what her past was. So did they were they aware this woman has all this racist content in her background? Look, Unfortunately, right now, we are at the pinnacle of race being at the center of almost every conversation. I think Americans uh-huh. are tired of it. I don't yeah. think they approve of it. We've seen that yeah. with the blowback to CRT. And yeah. it's making racism a bigger problem than it was, and that's indefensible. Liz Peek and Steve Moore, thank you, kids. Fabulous stuff.